The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew and Review, the Doctor Who podcast from the Galactic Network. Let's start with a bit of class. No, I'm not talking about me, although I suppose that would be apt. No, I'm talking about the fact that the BBC has started to ramp up the excitement for its up-and-coming Doctor Who spin-off, Class, with a mysterious and, well, slightly creepy photo. If you check out the show notes, I've bunged a few photos in there. You'll see what I mean. Now this, This is Miss Quill. She's played by Catherine Kelly. And and it seems that this promo photo, well, deliberately cut the top of her face off. So that's how the photo comes, but why? What are they hiding by not showing us the top half of her head? Does she have evil glowing eyes? Maybe. Do those symbols on the chalkboard behind her mean anything? Who knows? Where did she get that gun? Why does she need that gun? It's rather an interesting promo pick, and I don't think we've got too long to wait just yet. So let's stay with class, because the storylines in BBC Three's class will apparently contain some mature themes. Viewers have been warned. It's set in a contemporary London uh, Coal Hill Academy school. The eight-part young adult sci-fi series will premiere on the BBC Three Online on air on BBC One in October. As I reported the other week, Peter Cal- Capaldi, I have problems with his surname, is rumoured to be guest starring in the first episode of the new Doctor Who spin-off which centres on four students as they face their own fears and navigate a life of friends, parents, schoolwork, sex and sorrow and possibly the end of existence. Just a normal week then. Mark Gatiss. Oh, it's not just a popular BBC baking show that's been upsetting him. Oh no, he's been getting all emotional. The Doctor Who writer and actor has revealed that this year's Christmas special made him cry. The Sherlock star opened up to audiences at the Victorian Albert Museum in London last night. Last night being September the 12th, so not last night, last week. You know what I mean. But this is all about time travel, so last night, last week, it could even be last year. But it wasn't last year, it was this year. Are you following? Good. He didn't give anything away about the Doctor's up-and-coming episode, apparently, apart from the fact that it's, according to him, one of the best yet. I think it's one of best Steve's best scripts. Absolutely beautiful. It made me cry. Oh, grow up, Mark Gatiss. Made you cry? Oh, maybe. Let's see. Not long now. How many days is it? Hundred or so days till Christmas? Why are you paying me? Oh, shall I tell you what I'd like? I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. Hang on a second. 
for Christmas this year, if you could please see your way to, maybe, helping out the network, joining our Patreon campaign, or maybe you could subscribe to some of the other podcasts, or this show, or the newsletter. Hey, maybe you just want to chat to the hosts, and I think because we've got most time zones covered, you could join our Slack team and talk to any one of us pretty much 24-7. You want to know how? Well, that's simple. Go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. You'll find links, show notes, all manner of news items. It's not bad. Go on, check us out. That's what I want for Christmas. Okay, that might not strictly be true, because I'd also like an Xbox One, please. Anyway, remember old John Barrowman getting in a bit of a tizzy about people's egos, about Torchwood and about things like that? Yeah. Well, Stephen Moffat has hit out at accusations that he's been holding up potential Torchwood return. John Barrowman, who's up for playing Captain Jack Harkness again, recently implied that the Doctor Who showrunner is stopping a revival from happening. Without giving too much information away, I was on a phone call with one of the executive producers, telling me the obstacles we'd have to face in order to bring Torchwood back, Barrowman said. Basically, this is a non-story. It is such a non-story because... Nowhere in that quote has John Barrowman hinted that it's Stephen Moffat blocking this whatsoever. Captain Jack never called out Captain Moffat. This is just TV nonsense. This is how it works. This is how you keep yourself in the news. It is a non-story. It was a non-story when it began, and it is a non-story now. If it was any more of a non-story, it would be French. Non. Ha <laughs> ha. Sorry, look, can we move away from... I want Torchwood back. I liked Torchwood. I thought it was fun, I thought it was quirky. But can we move away from it? I don't, I don't think it's coming back. You've got the big Finnish audios. You should be happy with that. Just draw a line under... No! You, yes, you, John. Draw a line under it. And just think of what it's given you because it's given you some of the finest roles in TV since, hasn't it? That's right. I'm talking about the talent show you did, solving a problem like Maria. Okay. And relax, Daryl. Relax. Oh, we're definitely going to relax with this one, because Doctor Who star Tom Baker, as you know, was a geek god before there was such a thing. His nerd cred is about to level up once again because Tom Baker is joining the Star Wars family. Baker, who appeared, as you probably know, on the BBC science fiction show Doctor Who from 1974 to 1981 as the fourth Doctor, voices the large, wise and bull-like creature called the Bendu on the Disney XD animated series Star Wars Rebels. It premieres its third season soon. Have you seen the trailer? It's goose pimples awesome. You will you'll you'll be like, oh my. And I know it's not Doctor Who, but it is sort of Doctor Who news, cause cause Tom. 
Tom Baker is the Doctor still for quite a lot of people. And now, he's neither Jedi nor Sith, but he is all-powerful. Yeah, I think we'll go with that. All-powerful, a bit like your host here. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the New World Order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com weird to listen, find out more, and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And you'll be pleased to know that you can chat to those two hosts, Dave Nelson and Matt Stein, on our Slack channel. It's really worth getting involved. It's quite good fun. Anyway, before that little promo, we were speaking of a franchise jump. And we know that Star Trek is turning 50 this year. But did you know that the original Borg also turns 50? They started with an eerie, whimsical voice. And over the years, have become colder and colder. These days, they're more likely to delete you rather than upgrade you. These original cyborgs from Mondas with their fear of gold first hit the silver nemesis screen 50 years ago. That's right, we're talking Cybermen. And of course, Doctor Who magazine is celebrating with four collectible covers. The show notes, I've popped images of these in the show notes, it's interesting to see the evolution of the Cybermen. Still, when done right, the scariest creature on Doctor Who. I haven't mentioned Big Finish audios for a while. Well, back by popular demand is a second volume of Big Finish Classic Doctor's New Monsters series. And the Doctor in the limelight is the fifth Doctor, who faces the Rachnos. That's right, that Rachnos, that spidery red thing that really troubled us on Christmas Day. The Rachnos, the huge ravenous spiders from the 2006 TV Christmas special The Runaway Bride, which starred 10th Doctor and Donna Noble. Familiar faces return in Classic Doctor's New Monsters Volume 2. The fifth Doctor, Peter Davison, encounters the creatures in an earlier, more chaotic time. Davison is joined by Doctor Who regular Joa Andor, who plays the Rachnos Empire, a megalomaniac engaged in a civil war with her crippled husband, the Emperor, played by Nigel Planer. Andrew French and Lisa Kay also return for more Doctor Who shenanigans. Now, if you love Doctor Who, then there's a good chance that merchandise may be of your liking. Why not save for a pair of undercrackers emblazoned with the face of Tom Baker? 
hang up your TARDIS shower caddy. And uh, and you'll be able to reach other dimensions as you stand there and scrub your back. These fairy lights, they might brighten up wherever you choose to put them. Beach towels, USB drives, Dalek cufflinks, you name it. They've put the Doctor's logo on it. Check out the telegraph.co.uk article on the strangest film and TV memorabilia. I can't guarantee it's that strange. Some of the things though, I've looked through all the pages and I'm like, yeah, I quite like that. Without further ado, it's time for the A to Z. And for the monster of this week for the A to Z is the Hath. From the episode of The Doctor's Daughter, uh, the planet of origin is Messaline. With regards to the technology as well as their funky little breathing bubbly things, they possessed progenation machines and generation chambers so they could effectively speed up population control. Hath are a humanoid race with purple and orange fish-like skin and a small head crest running across the top of their heads. They're slightly taller than most humanoids. They required a nutritional liquid for breathing. Unfortunately, this affects their communication when they are in a uh, human breathable atmosphere. They use a uh, breathing structure attached to their mouth. It's like a, think of a rebreather, but full of liquid. For the purposes I've mentioned of progenation, they have machines which sample DNA and then replicate a sort of hmm, sibling. Maybe a is it is a sibling? Maybe it's more of a uh, a daughter or a, a son. It's not fully explained how they extrapolate. I'm just happy that they work. The Haths um, are primarily armed with heavy-duty blaster rifles that fire barrages of bullets and plumes of flames. Whilst on the base they, that we saw them on, where they was introduced, they employ the same sort of holographic mapping systems as the humans, and they use the similar sort of computer databanks. After the seven-day battle between the humans and the Hath to find the source, they ceased their hostilities. This was due to the death of Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, by a gentleman known as Cobb, the leader of the human forces. The Hath are quite mysterious and possibly underused, it would be nice to see their home world. But that is the Hath and their bubbly 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 way of talking. That's all we have for this week. I of course will be back next week for more Who New and Review. Please subscribe to this Galactic Network podcast by going to gncast.com slash subscribe. Or search iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or anywhere podcasts are offered.
This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.